0: Turns Out Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome to the premiere episode of Behind the Connection with JT. And I know you're sitting there saying, god damn, another new podcast. But this is one, yet again, I've had in the back of my mind for a long time. And I have my own podcast network, so why can't I do different things? Many things. And this is what I wanted to do. And it's not going to have a set schedule. I'm just going to kind of do them when I want to do them. Because it's going to be easy to do. Because I'm just going to be chatting with friends, with new friends, with acquaintances, old friends. And new, keep saying new, but here we are. So the concept of this show is I'm going to bring in a guest every episode. We're going to throw some wrestling onto the background. The choice belongs to the guest as to what we're going to watch. And then we're just going to talk. We're going to talk about wrestling fandom. You know, how you got in, how, how our guests got into the business uh, of wrestling as a fan, maybe in the business as a you know part of the business how they uh, how how that just helped shape their life, how they've maybe met friends, lost friends through it, and just kind of what it's meant to them, and then we'll spin from there, like whatever wherever it goes, it's just meant to be a uh, and I'm told this is an old term, but a fireside chat of sorts where we're just gonna kind of sit and just imagine the guests sitting right next to me on my couch, got the TV on, wrestling playing, and we're just bullshitting away. So that's the concept of the show. It's gonna be short and sweet behind the connection. And joining me, on this first episode is a gentleman who I first talked to not that long ago on our Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, 90210 No So. He's a longtime fan of all of our networks, and when I thought of this concept, his name immediately popped in my head because I was trying to think of someone uh, different that I didn't really know a lot about like the background of and someone that was captivating to me, and that is how I landed on you, Rocco Marto. How are you?
1: I am a captivating individual. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.
0: Very captivating. And I know our chemistry is already cracking because we had like five different conversations across 10 minutes before the show. And every time I'm like, all right, let's just save that for the show. And you're like, yeah, yeah, OK. And then we started talking again about something else. And I'm like, that's another good topic for the show. So let's just save it. Uh, well, gonna, we'll do I'm it on gonna, the
1: podcast. I'm going to climb up with the red light on. though. So
0: <laughs> No, you're good. Mm. Uh, all right. So you chose to watch tonight the Andre the Giant Coliseum home video from 1985. And I want you, before we hit play, to tell me why you chose this.
1: I guess I'm showing my age by picking that, but it was one of the first things I had. It was kind of my, uh, one of my, I had the AWA tapes, the Sergeant Slaughter to the Road Warriors. It was like my first owned tapes, but this was a tape that I, I had somehow. I had a family, my mom worked with a dude who worked at a tobacco shop that got, and he was a wrestling fan, so he would have Ricky Steamboat, Bruno in there, and he sold figures, and he had tapes and stuff like that, and he had a little mm-hmm. video store. So I was able to buy this used, which would have cost, you know, $250 back then. or Sorry, it would have cost $100, but for a, a, a rental copy. Right, right. I, I loved John Andre. He was my guy. And this tape, and the guy was willing to sell it to my mom, and it was the thing. I just watched it all the time. It's almost, if you once we watch it, there's mm-hmm. stuff where they talk about his last name. And right. he's a ladies man. And to me, like knowing his last name was like being the fucking king of the shoot interviews. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like I was the smartest mark in the world in 85 because I knew Rusimov was his last name. So that's, this was my tape. I love everything. Andre, I love this period. And yeah, that's why that's why I picked it.
0: All right. I'm excited to dive into it now, as we talked about, uh, you know, my goal for this show is to keep it under an hour for sure. So this this tape's 90 minutes. So I'm going to get the whole thing, but we'll get through a chunk of it. Uh, we are paused around 16 seconds. This is available on Peacock. And uh, I think we're both ready to hit play. You good? Mm-hmm. I'll count us in in three, two, go. All right. Of course, we has got the classic uh, Cosimo video open here. And this actually, so I have seen this because they released it on DVD randomly. I think, I don't know if it was around the, I guess like mid 2000s it came out. It was a cheap, it was like five bucks or something they released it for. And it was literally just a reprint of this video they did nothing else they just put it on dvd and it seemed like they were going to set up to do more of those but they didn't really
1: yeah i don't uh, remember that too much i knew that they were doing a lot in uh, england with those too, with the coliseum redos but i mean just watching this i don't know how you don't just have the warm and fuzzies like the thing the thing when i see this intro with all these dudes and you know watching this i was like nine like right here there's what is that tiger mask and I don't like seeing these random in the black and white footage was such a, a, mm-hmm. a like a it was magic to me. Like I would never even. I, how did you how do you watch this? Where do you see these guys? So, yeah, it just was always so fascinating just to watch the beginning, you know.
0: And going back to our conversation off air, it's like that black and white footage would be like. So that had to be what, like the 60s, probably or 50. Some of that footage probably you like were 50s, showing. Yeah. And so, you know, 35.
1: <laughs> <so much. laughs> yeah like it was accessible almost so you know? that's
0: like this now right i mean yeah you're talking this tape is about the age of like that black and white footage was then so yeah. there you go
1: it's it's funny because when you think of black and white footage as for me i mean i'll go right into my my first watching of wrestling and i could ever remember was watching my mother was a fan and yeah. she sh- and in her bedroom there was a small tv i don't know if it was a black and white tv but it was black or if the video was black and white that i was watching but she just was watching it one day, and it was an old TV where the cord was kind of fucked up. So if you bumped into it, a little spark would come out every now and then. And we kind of let that shit happen back in the day. We didn't really worry yeah. about that. And uh, and it was she fire. loved fire. Fire didn't exist to me. Oh no, that's a completely alien concept to a kid. It's just fun. I remember the the vacuum cleaner it sparks you every time you plug it in. That's all right. My sister, ah, would, <laughs> yeah, my sister would just make me do it over and over again because she liked the to torture. Oh me.
0: God, it's ridiculous the things that like, we, got, we got existed. And I'm like. One of the most infamous stories of me growing up is when I was born, I was born in, like, a blizzard in December. My parents owned a Corvette, and they drove me home from the hospital in this blizzard with my mom holding me in her lap in the Corvette. No snow tires, no snow chains or anything, you know, just driving in the blizzard. On my mom's lap, no car seat, no seat, like just on in the Corvette, like just holding me. Like if you do
1: that today, you're
0: looking at ten to twenty years <laughs> in jail.
1: <laughs> and there's no chance at least someone wasn't smoking in that car at the, on the ride home. Oh, the- for sure, I'm
0: sure she was. I know she definitely smoked for a while, so I'm sure she was definitely lighting what up and <laughs> <she> probably still <laughs> wants to today when dealing with me. But yeah, I mean it was just it was just a different world, like
1: uh, it's stuff we didn't know. I'm sure even before that was even crazier. But anyway, go on um oh yeah uh, so yeah um and she loved tony guria my mom was a big smoker too and she would talk about tony Garea. and i just i remember watching that and i think i was hooked i don't know how old i was mm-hmm. but i was definitely old enough that by the time wrestlemania for one happened i was watching consistently and i was all in and uh it was sparked by her i think when i started rewatching again in the attitude era and she like came downstairs and i'm watching fucking Sable with their fucking titties out. It's like, holy shit, dude. What the fuck happened to the This wrestling? has
0: changed. <laughs> we're happened to Donna Christianello in the bathing suit?
1: I still like them jumping by an angels. Used to watch. They seem like nice uh, young ladies, but yeah. Um, she was definitely shocked when I started re watching, but I always would say, hey, man, you started this fucking madness, dude. Like, she. So how? Sorry. No, I was going to say, like, I was so deep into it that I, I wish I, I, I know I own it she uh i made my own wrestling magazine and she brought it to work and photocopied it and made a whole bunch of copies for me and shit like that so she supported it wholeheartedly and it was her friend that got me into the 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 shop to get the video and the and meet bruno and meet ricky and stuff like that so she supported it wholeheartedly
0: no that's cool to have that bond and that tie um so when you do think back of this stuff and how you get into it it's like you
1: have that those memories you know oh there's nothing but like positive memories to that it was like a yeah, it was definitely me and her and like the idea that like you know i got to love andre as a good guy mm-hmm. it's a good thing because like if you know if you were born after a certain age there you know he was i mean he kind of had a little bit of a the bushwhacker thing but right. like i i got to watch that heel turn you know what i'm saying like i got to see andre turn bad in front of my eyes and i was never a hogan dude like i liked andre you know like mm-hmm. and i never really like went face or heel or any of that because obviously i didn't fucking know what it was but Like I always liked Andre, and I didn't like. I kind of was never really into Hogan. Andre was my dude, and um, watching him turn, I just I just stayed with Andre. It wasn't like I was a fucking smart mark. You were a loyalist. Yeah, he was my guy. Like I don't give a shit. Like if fucking uh, when uh you know a baseball player gets traded to another when Pat Lafontaine left the Islanders and went to the Sabers, vice versa, rather, I I was like, yeah, that's my guy. You know, like, uh um, I'm just gonna follow him. So like, but to watch that, like live with the. The, ripping the cross and i was terrified of dying and terrified of going to hell and still was in ccd so ah uh,
0: the catholic guilt
1: yeah man hardcore but ripping the cross and oh yeah so uh andre was just the guy back then and just loving. like i just can't i can't see that dude and not just smile and just think of like he's everything pro wrestling is you know how do you see that it's eight, it's five or six years old and not go i want to see everything that i can with this dude in it yeah
0: it's crazy to me because i i was that kid that was after it right i mean i was alive for it but and it's funny because my dad was was a pretty big fan like at least like definitely in the 60s and 70s and early 80s and my brother was a diehard fan he had all the magazines and he was super into it but we grew up separate because my brother was from my dad's first marriage so we didn't live together so like so I, i saw him but like not a ton so i feel like maybe that didn't help right so the first I really remember being on my radar is like sometime I want to say like 87, 88. Like I remember my dad watching like world class on ESPN. Um, But even that, like I don't remember super well. And it wasn't like 89, 90 that it really came into my purview and I started getting into it. But
1: i mean just your so, dad having a previous marriage in the eight, eight, late 80s is pretty progressive and pretty wild though <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually people usually stayed in a miserable marriage till they died so good for him oh there's a whole
0: story there I'm yeah sure i'm sure that. there is so.
1: <laughs> but.
0: they uh yeah they um yeah he was married first definitely miserable then he met my mom and <laughs> tell the story on there but they met my mom and like they started dating but he didn't tell her he was married or separated or whatever the hell had going on so then my grandfather her dad found out and like threw him like banned him from the house like basically like you can't come and the, the reason he found out was his wife showed up with my brother and sister's babies at their front door and like chewed my mom out like you're home homebreaker like all this stuff and
1: the line uh, in the sand right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So and then they banned them and then eventually he, he finally did get divorced. I think he was separated at the time. Like, I don't think he was married. And then they did get divorced. And it took a while, I guess, for my grandfather to really come around on him, but he did eventually. And uh that's why I'm here, man. <laughs> so that's is your
1: that's mom's it. Side, but yeah, so that was all your that. is your mom's side of Ginzo too, or are they not? Oh like, yeah, hundred oh, percent. Okay. I was gonna say because that could be a reason if they didn't uh if they were like polish or something no you, were met- you mentioned like uh wrestling magazines were you a like a flea market guy where you would go and buy the magazines and like pick the ones and have all the old school like you buy like a magazine from the 70s and stuff like that back in the day so not
0: uh not really the old ones so when i started watching in like 90 and then i started really getting into it my brother started i don't say dipping out because he still watches today like he's still into it but he gave me all his magazines. So he had started ordering in like 85 and I think he stopped at 90 and I probably, I think I picked up at 91 once I really started getting into it. So he gave me all of his, so I had his full Dof magazine collection, uh, five years worth. And they were like pristine when he gave them to me, like he kept them perfect condition. And I just feel bad because I read them so much and stuck them in crates and everything. And I still have them but they're definitely like all like folded pages and, you know, ripped up <laughs> and shit. But, uh, when he came to me, they were beautiful. And, but I did, I was a magazine wonk. It just not an old one. Like I didn't go looking for past ones and collecting them, but I did always, if we went to the supermarket or whatever, buy like a PWI or a wrestler or inside oh, yeah. wrestling, like I was all about those. And I, and I still have crates and crates of all of those. Um, the bulk I, from like probably 91 till like 96, 97 or so.
1: Yeah, I still have a lot. I've lost a lot of my kid ones, but somehow they were like when I moved like a couple times and they were at like my father's house and like he's a piece of shit. So I don't talk to him. And, but I do have the first ever WWWF magazine, issue one. It's got a it was my mom's. It's got a fucking picture of Bruno carved out of a mountain on the top. And I think it's from 60, 60 something and it's uh i've never seen it online i've never seen a picture of it i've never seen it available on ebay or anything it's uh it's funny because someone could come up to me and offer me a crazy amount of money and it's like i don't think i could get rid of it you know
0: yeah no especially this is not easily attainable
1: like that's that's a really cool relic it just makes have. me happy to have you know like someone right. asked me like about like some figure i had i'm like oh, i can't like this is one of the few things i have of, that i remember you know like, it's like right so and the, that's like the idea of like a pristine copy of something. Like I don't give a shit. I'll buy like an old wrestling magazine. I'll be, mm. I don't care if it's beat up. I just like like having it. You know, it makes right. me happy. So. God, and there was so many hours spent. And this is funny because,
0: you know, I think now it's like oh, I, you know, I, bought, I got bought that Sopranos book. <laughs> but like like to sit down, like you end up just your free time is just so spent on, uh, technology now. Like and and that's even guys of our age, right, that are like grew up without it. And I still find myself leaning on it more than I want to. And I do, like I think back of all those hours spent. You know, now my kids use like their iPads and this and that. And it's like my days at age nine were literally spent leafing through these magazines, whether it's Sports Illustrated or PWI or these other yeah. ones. And like that was it. That
1: was my reading. And, and that was the, for a while. And they were the sport. Like it was like I don't know if, like having all this internet and all this shit. Like imagination breeds. Sorry, boredom breeds imagination. When you're mm-hmm. bored as shit. That's when you go and you fucking, your brain is firing. So like reading those wrestling magazines, it's almost like all foreplay with no sex where you can't ever watch a Puerto Rican wrestling match. But right. You could see the pictures of these dudes and you look through in that weird CWA wrestling federation. You're like, who's Chicky star? Who are these fucking people? <laughs> and like, right. you're just your mind and you picture them in your brain. You knew who these guys were. You saw the name. You went, this is this. You saw battle Creek, Michigan. You went, Oh shit. That's probably like some crazy place. And like, you saw these names, and your brain just did all the work for you, and you saw little pictures, and you made the movie of that, like, little article you read, and you read the article, and the articles were all just, like, kayfabe, not, yeah, like, all kayfabe, like, made-up shit, but it was painting a picture, so, like, in your brain, mm-hmm. real life could never match. And match Like, reading about Abdul the Butcher, and who's one of my favorite dudes of all time, but, uh, you know, every fucking match is the goddamn same thing. But as a kid, when you're reading a person who knew how to write, describe it eloquently with, like, great verbiage and stuff like that you're like oh my god that sounds so crazy and you're picturing godzilla versus king kong you know what i mean not like two kind of dudes in a fucking texas fucking you know (laughs) fucking flea market fucking bleeding all over but you know you can't ever match that like i don't know Uh, i just think that's so amazing
0: one of my favorites i it wasn't pwi i want to say it was like an inside wrestling or the wrestler and it was a halloween edition and they did a monster battle royal. And they had all these like monster style wrestlers from both history and current, like giants and freaks and everything. And they they fantasy booked the whole thing. Like they it was this long article, and I must have read it a hundred times. And it was like <laughs> they wrote about how the promoters went and found each of them and convinced oh, them to God. be in this match. And the prize on the line, and then did a whole narrative of the match itself, and it was awesome. It's, I got i am I'm gonna at some point soon, I gotta actually clean out this back closet I got, so I'm gonna try and dig through some of those magazines. But I gotta find that one. It's like one of my all-time favorites. They just the, did this monster Mash Battle Royal thing that was just awesome.
1: You need to be um, a comic book artist who could just illustrate that. It would be fucking. Oh, incredible. so good. It was so good. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. And of course, all
0: the PWI 500s are always awesome to read and the almanacs i still got a bunch of those from like the late 90s where they would do like kind of all the year-end uh, oh the little half
1: stuff. the little half size ones yes yeah. like a tv guide size thing the um unofficial official awards oh my god i would just read those over and over again i'm like look how witty these people are <laughs> like <laughs> eddie elner man uh, <laughs> but i remember even reading those
0: the old ones like into the 2000s like i'd work overnights uh in the early 2000s when i worked in t- tv like with scott and stuff and like i just bring a bunch of them in like read them at like three in the morning from like the 90s and stuff those those died hard for me i, I held on to those going on a plane like pre any kind of entertainment where maybe you'd be lucky if there's a a movie so i just bring my headphones and listen to a you know cassette or a cd and i will read i just bring old magazines on the plane and just read them so when you're such a
1: wrestling fan the iconography is what it is it's just you Mm. just want to see that stuff like i have so much wrestling kind of stuff like just in my house like i'm not a crazy like person with like stuff but like just i just love every inch of that just the way it looks it's just amazing that's like a wrestling magazine perfectly encapsulate that where yeah like i remember going down the shore with my mother because my grandparents lived down there, and I would just go to the fucking Wawa down there and just buy every wrestling magazine and just spend mm-hmm. every – I would just read the same magazine every day on the beach over and over and over. Every now and then you get lucky, and there'd be like a mad magazine with some wrestling shit in it, and you'd be like, yes, and uh, a little more exciting. But, yeah, you could just dig in and just keep reading it over and over because it's – like we said, it incites your imagination. Where yeah. Now you're reading about the guy at number 400, Mr. Ooh-la-la. I don't fucking know <laughs> who the fuck that is, but that's a crazy name. What the hell does he look like, you know? i I just think that's incredible man yeah i mean it is and it just the nostalgia holds so well in that stuff
0: and i'm like you like i'm not a big collector but the stuff i do have i treasure and like i definitely catch shit, like from the wife and everything about it you know um but i just have bins and bins of vhs
1: tapes and magazines and i have hundreds of vhs tapes still that i taped i mean i I used to tape tv and stuff and simpsons i didn't know that stuff was going to be able to be put on a dvd one day you know like that's why like you forget that like TV shows were never collected because to get a season of a TV show on VHS is the size of a fucking boom. But you know, it's huge. Right. So like once you could put them on disc, that's when all that shit started coming out. But like, you know, I would tape, I, I feel bad cause I would tape over my raws over and over on like the same tape, kind of like a soap opera tape that people would use. Like your mom would have a soap opera tape and tape it over week by week. Um, But like a few years ago, this dude gave me all like about 400 tapes that he had in his house. He just wanted to make room and he had just been taping Raws from like 96 to like 2001. Mm -hmm. The Raws, WCWs. So like I still have those original versions that I didn't even really watch all that stuff then. But the collecting aspect is such that like I'll spend like five bucks on a figure if I see one at a flea market or something. Or, uh, you know, if I got a guy, I kind of want to have all my guys. I need a Bigelow. I need a Ho. I need an Andre. I need a, you know, I want my main dudes. So for my wedding i wanted uh, andre i wanted a savage and elizabeth mm-hmm. ljn which are my my that's my era it's right. the only toys i even give a shit about but they're not cheap but for weddings you know everything costs a fucking million dollars so right so it's two wrestling <laughs> figures on the yeah mix. my wife was like you know what 50 bucks for a fucking miss liz well it's for our wedding so go ahead and i was like well that's the reason i'm marrying you because you're fucking amazing and you let me get a <laughs> spend 75 dollars on a macho and liz for our uh they weren't like a they we weren't the cake topper, but they were on top of like right the there, the, yeah. the gift box and shit. So,
0: no, that's a good one. That's a good story. The um, yeah, I mean, I have all my Hasbro's still. Like that was my my era. So, uh, and like I have a lot of other ones too. Like I have a lot of the LGN LGNs and stuff that I I kind of gave to my son, and he plays with now and then. He's and he's got my Hasbro ring, but I have not given him the Hasbro's yet because he's too rough, and those things will break. So I'm I'm waiting on those to see if he gets into it. You don't um, want to
1: give him an LGN because he'll beat your ass with it.
0: Well, that too. I do have a couple. Uh, there was, I, I think I had the Hogan one in his room for a while, but now I, I moved it down to the basement when we finished the basement over. And I have, like, a Hollywood Hogan WCW figure, and I have that and and the old Hulkamania LGN together. Um, but, so I wanted to circle back some. So you said you got back into wrestling in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Like, when did you dip out
1: and why? Was it just... Did you lose interest? Did life get in the way? And like, what brought you back? So definitely the height of my fandom was like Mania 3. Obviously, I was like 10. So like, how do you not, that's not the height. But then like, I think, uh, so I started, I started high school in 90. Mm -hmm. And I I still was kind of watching, but I was like, I realized I was kind of like the last of the people I knew, last of my buds who was still watching. And, you know, hormones kick in and like, everyone's kind of into sports. So that's kind of like when I I got into sports a little before that, but that's when I just went deep, like, hardcore Yankees. Well, no, that's not true. But I think that's when I got... Oh, sorry. So, yeah, I was always like Yankees and Mm -hmm. uh, Giants and stuff and Celtics were my team. But So I had that integrated into wrestling, and it was cool, but then no one was watching wrestling. But then once music came into my life in high school, that kind of killed the wrestling kind of part. So I stopped watching really... Um, Saturday mornings were for soccer practice and shit like that, you know, and like, I didn't have a TV in my room, so I re- that wasn't really taping shit. So it just, it just kind of got away from me. And then girls came into the picture and then drinking and boozing and music and, you know, just being a teenager. And luckily I missed, you know, I wish I kind of watched up until around like 92, mm-hmm. but luckily I missed some of that crazy like shit. So like I just was out. And then one day I was at a uh, I worked at a liquor store for years and some dude was walking by, and I'm like, Motherfucker, are you, is that a PWI? He's like, Yeah, <laughs> man. He's like, and I'm like, All right, let me. He's like, Show me, and I'm like, Fucking fascinated by like this. He's like, Hulk Hogan's a bad guy. What? Fucking. <laughs> so you like, were that out of it, huh? You were like, Oh, completely yeah, I was attached. not all paying right, attention. You man. had no clue what was going on. No, I was all into like, I was like, I went to movies and music. You know, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to watch every classic movie. I'm going to watch every, like, I did not have time for that. I still had time for, you know, sports. But I did not have, that just kind of left. Um, I still would watch my WrestleMania 3 tape every once in a while uh, after, like, smoking a little weed. And the tapes I had, I would have. But I just, the current thing was just so out of my purview for, for mm-hmm. years. I didn't even have cable, though. So that was a, probably a big issue, too. And I'm guessing no internet. No. No, I didn't even have internet until 2010. So we'll talk about this in 2010? A <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You living uh, in a fucking monastery? 2010? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just didn't... Uh, it just wasn't a thing I was interested in. Um, <laughs> I mean, then you don't have to be interested in it. You kind of have to have... So you didn't... Like, all right. Um, <laughs> we'll discuss that. mind-blowing. We'll do that in the Luddite podcast. Like, there. like I
0: got... <laughs> Jeff, Jeff learns the Amish. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have... also
1: learns the internet. <laughs> I mean, you watched me try to hook up this Skype call, so you know that.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know... It's all making sense now. I, I mean, I have a friend who's like five or six years behind you know everything but even he had the internet in like 99 2000 um
1: uh no it was not a thing
0: that no i mean it's not like you live in in you know the midwest like you know north dakota where they just didn't have
1: broadband forever like you're in fucking new jersey man i just uh, never really thought about it to tell you the truth and i didn't have any yeah, I kinda, but it's I, like how did you how did you not think about it I don't Isn't know. I didn't, it's a thing it's, that it's, exists. I mean, I knew of it, but yeah, I just didn't. Uh, I don't know. I lived funny. on my own. I, I, you know, I lived on my own since I was pretty young, so I just kind of like, I don't know. It never really. I don't know. Did you ever, it, had you like used it before then? I had been at a friend's house and watched them download a picture of a girl getting sh- shitting on a guy once for like forty minutes, but other than that, and maybe <laughs> hearing so about. You're, it's
0: like two thousand seven. Rocco is out in the world, having never really looked at a website.
1: Um, I had a girlfriend who had the internet, so I would, like, see some stuff then. I knew what eBay was and uh, stuff like that, but, yeah, I, I'd never... Yeah, it was completely out of That's
0: my... Fascinating uh fascinating to me. <laughs> like, I can see if you said, like... I was waiting for you to say, like, 02. You know what I mean? It will be, like, 10. <laughs> I mean, WWE was in HD in 2010. <laughs> like, even they were ahead of you.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess a little behind.
0: W had a website in 95. <laughs>
1: Um, I know I had a roommate at one point that had a computer that I was like, I think I had a MySpace account for a little bit for a band I had. But yeah, I, I didn't say really. the
0: music guy yeah, MySpace was like the big band thing.
1: Yeah, I had other
0: people that did that. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. So when did you get like your first like smartphone and stuff? Or do you yeah. not have
1: one? <laughs> no, 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 Not one of those people, but it was a little later. It, t- it took a little while. It really took a little yeah. while.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I had an iPhone until uh, probably 2011. 2000- 10 11 maybe in there somewhere
1: so. yeah i'm not i'm not a big tech guy in any way but yeah i guess the internet's not i, mean, I, don't,
0: I don't picture it as like a tech thing by that point you know like what is this referee wearing by the way he looks like the guy who is working in the candy shop in willy wonka <laughs> <laughs>
1: they are they are maroon pants that he is wearing that look like a, a pair of maroon pants i once wore to church and peed <laughs> in a few when i was trying not to go
0: so yeah so how um God, there's so many questions. All right, we, get the internet. we, we got the internet. You go back into wrestling.
1: Oh yeah, so this dude had a PWI. Yeah. And he showed me in like, yeah. And like, the idea that Shawn Michaels was a, like a singles main event star blew my fucking mind. Like the fact that like Austin, who was a guy, like I was a, I knew, I watched World Class. I was lucky enough as a kid, you know, I had WCW because I had the, TV, the TBS.
0: Right.
1: And uh, my my cousins live in Englishtown, New Jersey, which had which you would get World Class and then I had ESPN. So I watched World Class, AWA nwa i wasn't like a homer like wwe guy even though i was in new jersey my whole life i just liked all of wrestling and i kind of was the guy i think it kind of fits how i like got into like uh, underground movies and i'm in like extreme metal bands and like death metal since i was a kid like as soon as i found it i've always liked that so to me like i always did like the wcw thing because it wasn't what everyone else was talking about and it was kind of darker and dingier and like had the road warriors and like one of my first favorite wrestlers was bobby eaton and i don't know why to this day he's still like one of my all-time favorites just thank god like before i knew what work rate was i was like oh i guess i picked the good guy back then i knew who the good guys were but started um, this guy, sorry, Andrew, this guy yeah, just, just took shit
0: an insane <laughs> bump off that so andre threw his ass out on like a go-behind and this guy just flew out of the ring into those hard green chairs <laughs> what a this bump is-
1: this is a like a forty-five year old dad of like six right here, just trying to get money for a little extra money for some like uh like a new TV or something. But it's, to the way home. it's it's like one of those things that always makes you wonder. It's kinda like that uh like uh, do you, you ever read the Raven comic that he wrote about Spider-Man? Uh no. He did a he did a he did a comic based on the guy who eventually fights Spider-Man for the first time. So okay. it's just it's this down on his luck wrestler and he's like fucking got no money, his wife and kids, and he's got his big break and he's like, Tonight's the night, I'm gonna fucking do it. And then the the last panel is he's standing across the ring from Spider-Man. When you know when Spider-Man wrestles in the like the movie against bonesaw and shit like that. But he's not Bone Saw, but he's like this down on a luck. Right, guy. the guy that
0: would eventually be bonesaw in the other movies.
1: Yeah. So like this is like the story of this guy, like and like, nope, it's like, it's like such a doubt. It's like, it's such a Raven kind of story, you know, like, but you make, it's like a very patho, you get all this pathos for this dude. And it's like, he's going to get his life together. And it just makes me think of like this. So like all these, all these jobber dudes from back then, it's like, what are their stories? You know, it's like, that's fascinating to me. Like how are these guys not more bound? I know like uh, Kelly used to always find the jobbers, right. And know about them.
0: Yes. But, He's a jobber lover as the ad <laughs> ones win.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's such a cool aspect of like wrestling where right. it's like it's like when you were talking about rating matches where to me it, it's hard to rate like like Aaron does the two and a half for the squash, but it's like a weird thing because how else like there's no there's no tantamount in any other art form. There's no movie that is just a small little thing to get something else over. You know, like it's like it's like rating a pre-credit sequence or a backstory you know like the squash exists to make this thing happen and get to the next level it's like such an interesting thing that only exists in wrestling and how do you rate something like that so i like iron scale of a two and a half because it's like it right. did its point and it's a thing that is there but there's no like an interlude on an album you know what i mean <laughs> like uh, like like those weird little like skits that would be in rap uh, like albums like how do you rate that as a song you know like ICP, where they would do the <laughs> the game show, whatever. And them. Yeah, but like Teach Chong, I would always like I don't right. know. Like Cypress Hill would have always little skits and shit like that. Yeah, now. Dr Dre and stuff. So. Yeah. All right, sorry, all right. I got. It.
0: No, that's okay. That's yeah, wanna... he
1: showed me all that shit, and then I saw I saw Attitude Era, and uh, I remember I I never watched the pay-per-views. I just watched Raws, and that's kind of all you needed. You know, you got the stills the next time. I always used to work on Sundays or be partying on Sundays because I worked at that night so I could go out Sunday night and wake up Monday morning late. And then one time I was up on a Sunday and I went to watch the rumble with Sean break in his back and the scramble vision did not go away. So I had a free pay-per-view and I was like, Whoa, I got to start watching these pay-per-views. There's just like good matches on these, not the shitty two minute matches you get on raw, you know? So, and then I was just hooked. I just never stopped since then. So since then you've been into it. I've been into it, you know, like, I watched. Not, I, not reading on the internet, though. Not really, no. I never really knew any of the backstage shit until, like, a book would come out. And, like, it was always kind of, like, a personal thing after that. I didn't have a lot of friends who ever really stayed with it, you know. Like, you know, once, it just kind of, I just never did. Like, I had a girlfriend once that got into it. And, you know, then I would go, I had a job where a couple of people were into it in, like, the late uh, early 2000s because it was, like, so big. Right. but it was kind of like my own pursuit it was kind of like the thing i would dvr and then come home i did have a dvr i know that's crazy to think but i did have a dvr i come home and i watch it but you know i'd be drinking or come home from the bar and watch it so i always watch but i don't have the the, the encyclopedic knowledge that you guys do on the network because it's it just was always more of like an in the moment thing like i'm watching it in the moment i go to work i, I used to work at a barnes and noble and a border so grab a couple magazines a wrestling magazine a film magazine go home read those watch raw you know and just you know not think about it I'll yeah play. yeah so it wasn't like i was like you know i was i was into it i was I, you know i would still read the books and stuff like that but like yeah and then obviously now it's it is what it is but i think it was ecw that really got me deep into it again you know like the seeing that on msg late at night after like a rangers game or coming home after the bar and catching it that i think really grabbed me and got me deep into uh that's what kind of like sparked because that, at that point i was 96 97 you know i was 20 21 so yes it's like when you think about what you watch wrestling is it the characters Is it the violence is it the stories i think that ebbs and flows your whole life so you know it was the characters and the stories as a kid but then in my mm-hmm. late 20s yeah it was the violence and i was watching right. at the perfect time for violence you know i was yeah, but, i was and angry it, and young and you know full of fucking craziness
0: Right, I think your age to like my age is kind of that. That's the progression that many fans went through, right? So it was like the '80s. You were hooked because of the large in life cartoon storylines, the big guys, the superheroes. You fade out, and you came back right at the time we were an angst-filled teen that wants to rebel. That you know counterculture that was going on, and that's why I think that era of wrestling really just took off. A lot of big part of it was a lot of the lap either laps fans or longtime fans coming back in and just being at a completely different age to where that would speak to them and i think it's over i think it's underrated how much nostalgia actually played a role in the attitude era of rebirth i think it's overlooked because you really think of nostalgia as more like 2000s when Hogan comes back to the WBF and they start dipping back into the older stars. And even like it was even around 2000, when like eighties culture became nostalgic again. Like I remember, I mean, I know you wouldn't know cause you weren't on the web, but there were websites popping up. I love the com and like all this stuff, right. That, and it was like, Oh, I forget about Punky Brewster and, you know, golden girls and like all this stuff you hadn't really thought about. Cause nostalgia wasn't,
1: well, Huge, those, VH- I mean, those VH1 shows were on at that point. So, yeah, I was aware of that kind of. Like.
0: Yeah, but that was like 2000-ish, right? When that oh. really started to come in. Oh, but, what you're but my point is, so that came in a little bit later, but it really, the nostalgia played a big role in wrestling's resurgence without it really being focused on. Like, 96, 97, 98, WDF wasn't focusing on nostalgia. They barely acknowledged the history. But it was all those fans that had lapsed that now came back and rediscovered it And wrestling was suddenly hot and cool. It was all those fans, I think, that had really left. And now it was just like a different... It it matched again what they needed at that point in their life, right? Like, in the 80s, as kids, we wanted the large than life superheroes. In the 90s, we wanted the rage, the anger, the grunge, the grit, you know, fuck your boss, blood, right? And And then I think even now, for folks maybe like my age or so that have kids... I'm not saying it connects on that level, but you think at some point, maybe they tap into that
1: again. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. and, And like we're talking like the difference between 85 or like we're watching now to like a 96. It's only 10 years. So the style hadn't changed that crazily where it was just way more athletic dudes, but they were still mat based fucking punching each other in the face, like keeping it stiff, like in Austin and stuff and like working tight or whatever the fuck you call it, working snug. So, it still didn't, it still resembled the thing you liked, but it was a little like everyone was tan and like there was more intensity and in the storylines and whatever, but I'm just even the visuals of it. Cause it was still gritty. When you go to watch those like 96, 97s and you're like, oh fuck, I forgot they didn't always have a fucking mm-hmm. circus around the goddamn ring with lights and nonsense. Like they used, oh, yeah. they used to just have like a guardrail and whatever. And I think a big thing that like you, you made me think of too is like the fact that Vince was on the screen Definitely not credited enough, right? And we've all like, he's definitely the greatest villain in wrestling history. He's probably one of the greatest villains in pop culture history, if you factor in wrestling. And him just being like the guy, like I said, when I came back and I'm like, Hogan's bad, that's crazy. But like, wait, Vince McMahon is jacked to shit, <laughs> fighting fucking stunning Steve Austin and bleeding like a maniac this is like that to me It's just like how did you not see that and be like this is like if you were an old school fan it's got to just draw you in uh-huh. and i think that that same elevated that style like if you go like that like we were saying like the difference between 85 and 96 that's crazy we're watching something that's 10 years ago yeah so right now it'd be like us watching punk and cena right that's insane <laughs> right that's that's the spread
0: that was there and it's like i, I mean i guess AEW maybe tap it into that a little bit with Punk and Brian like re- being resurgence draw, drawing them, but yeah, sure. Uh, and
1: I always say like the AEW keeps uh, it definitely keeps it a little grittier and has like an interesting thing. I, I, they could definitely spend a little more time on stories and let the things breathe a little bit more. But that's like my only like real. it. Well, but
0: so the interesting I, thing, like in my thought, is the Attitude Era for us, or like maybe even a little after that, right? More like the Benoit guerrero like work rate era like 2000 to 03 or so like that fans from the 80s got into super hard with the internet with um the work rate freaks i feel like this what AEW is doing is doing what F did in capturing fans that grew up on that as kids so guys that are like cody's age and others you know like of that realm that maybe were kids around the early 2000s, AEW is bringing that feel to their product, right? Like with a little bit of WCW nostalgia mixed in for the older fans. But I think that's like the target that they're going after. So it's almost the same effect, a little bit longer of a gap, but it's still kind of, I don't know, what do you think of that?
1: Like the kids growing up in that era? I just, I just think for me, AEW, as I look, at it, I look at it now, is it's a live product right? and everyone's looking at it you know ratings and all this stuff but it doesn't matter about that now it's great that they have them and they kind of focus on it but it still to me seems like it's such a live product and they keep if it's going to come to your town it's the type of thing that everyone wants to go to now it's like a traveling a uh, ecw arena at this point mm-hmm. where if it's come to you you're going to go watch it and right. they just have all these fresh matchups and there's so many things that they haven't done yet and that's what i think is the draw of aw It's just like it seems like the funnest fucking thing you can go watch and the funnest right. thing to be part of like that to me, that's what jumps out the
0: most is how happy everyone looks to be there. Like, yes, and there's a feeling of this is really cool. And, you know, you don't you don't see a lot of complaining either, like on the Internet and, um, you know, stories behind the scenes and stuff like that. You um you just don't get a lot of that out there right now. And it's, you look at guys, Taz, Matt Hardy, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, like all these guys, just like Eddie Kingston, just always look happy to just be there working. And everyone's going to roll. It seems like it's very um, they're Everyone's allowed to kind of be themselves and, you know, just be part of the process. Right. Versus being chucked into a machine and. Being told what to do, and I'm I'm not someone that completely always oh, shits. Like WWE sucks, you know, like whatever. Like, are they the best they could be? No, far from it. Uh, but I think that is one of the most glaring things to me is whether or not it's true. AEW feels organically real,
1: even even, even just in the way they authentic. talk, right? The way they talk and the words they use and the mm-hmm. fact that you know. We can know who people's names are, and people aren't pretending to be shorter to make other people look tall. Like all this, and the, and the verbiage and the medical facility and all this ridiculous stuff that just makes it seem like they think I'm fucking stupid. Like yeah. the fact that WWE will not use a date to announce a fucking pay per view. They'll go two weeks from Saturday. That makes less sense to me than saying <laughs> the 25th of November. You know what I mean? Like it's insane that they think I'm that stupid. And they won't name a town because, like, all these things are just such. I mean it's it's it's
0: it's, it's just gotten so it's so overproduced and and fake like I watched smackdown the other night and and it just everything sounds like a soundbite. Like, it almost doesn't feel real. It feels like a simulated video game or something where, like, everything sounds like a clip that they put into the video game. And that's with and McAfee, who I think are the most authentic sounding competition yeah, that they have. And even then, they sound very forced. The crowd, I guess, I don't know. They're still pumping in the fake noise. It sounds like it. The graphics, yeah, yeah. everything just looks so overdone and overpolished. And we were talking about earlier how... Uh, gritty and, and gutty like the attitude I ever felt and how real it felt and it's just crazy to me like just now when you look at WWE it just feels not even close to that it's just so overdone so overproduced so the minutia that they overproduced to is crazy and that that strips away that authentic feel that you can connect with and I think that's why NXT was so good for a while like because it kind of slid under the radar of that and it felt older school and it helped that they had a ton of awesome wrestlers coming through there and they were given tons of time to wrestle. But it also felt more just that old school vibe to it.
1: um, More so than just, just over overly orchestrated product that they have now. Yeah. And it's like battle against, are these, is this a Marvel universe or are these athletes? And it's like, listen, people love, I don't know, Marshawn Lynch or fucking, I don't know. Like people love athletes because they're human beings that have done amazing things. WWF doesn't want any humanity to their people for some weird reason. They have to be this strangely overproduced thing that don't talk like anyone else talks, don't have personal lives, don't do anything outside of the ring and act in such dumb ways that it's insane. And you watch it and you just think, well, they're stupid. That's a dumb thing. And yeah, like you're paying attention to the way people pronounce words, but you're not paying attention to why are these people fighting this week? Why the fuck do I care? Right, it's like none of it matters. I mean, in,
0: on like my most recent Mailbag episode, someone asked, like, why does Survivor Series exist, right? And it's like, and <laughs> I ended up doing this, and I, I won't repeat it here because you can go listen to that, but I ended up giving this diatribe about, like, how they have these opportunities and things to use that they don't use to the benefit and, like, mix things up and be different. Like, why not make Survivor Series pure five on five and actually have feuds that build to those matches. Like they use, like they have these tools in their tool chest to make things different and better and interesting. And they just don't connect on it.
1: Well, the idea too is like the WrestleManias, but they're not numbering them or it's not the granddaddy of them all. Cause it sounds old. It's like the super bowl is the biggest television show on the planet. And they embrace how long they've existed. Yep. How does this fucking 74-year-old guy think that he knows what anyone younger than him thinks? It's insane that this dude is still making these weird mm-hmm. assumptions on how, like, a 20-year-old is going to think, oh, they're going to think it's old. I don't like it. Um, No. That's, you know, people still watch fucking Star Wars, dude. Like, it's insane that, yeah. It, we just weird. watched. Yeah, we just watched Gorilla Monsoon get knocked out and lay in a puddle on a tarp. <laughs> <laughs> and that's such a thing that would never happen today. And it's such a fucking wild image to watch. It's just weird. It's weird that yeah,
0: this it's just bad luck, right? That this guy with these weird quirks and OCD and weird views that shape his promotion is like one of the most powerful men in his business we all love that controls everything, right? So it's like and there's no checks and balances to get him off of that. And once those checks and balances went away, that's when everything went to shit. And I mean, I like Vince. I love Mr. McMahon, you know, obviously like everything about it. I never would wish ill on anyone. But I think until he's out of the picture one way or the other, that promotion is going to be existing that way. And I think I, I think there's a world where duty is never really the same. Like, I think there's a very good chance that when he dies or before he dies right before, when you know, if he's out of the picture, that that promotion belongs to like Fox or NBC or Disney and Nick Khan's in charge. And it's a business. And it loses the complete soul of pro wrestling. Like, and it's already almost there. And I feel like that's what that's going to be. And we are extremely lucky as wrestling fans that AEW hit and connected when it did. And that other you know, promotions are thriving as they have been. Because if that does happen, we still have other things to lean on. Whereas if that would have happened like 10 years ago, we would have been in trouble, right? So it's cool that this alternative exists because I do think there's a very real chance in our lifetimes, that dirty is so far removed from what pro wrestling was that it's almost like unrecognizable to people.
1: Yeah. And it's like, it seems like it was a thing he was trying to do. Like right. that kind of weird muscle OVW guys coming mm-hmm. in kind of view or remember when they like dyed Dolph Ziggler's hair black and cut his yes. hair yep. and it was like, Oh wait, they're just making him look like every other dude with like tight, like that's a wild thing to think of in an era when you grew, like you got rich with, the missing link and Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. and Bill Billy Jim, but yet now it's just like I just want these athletes that are just athletes, and you're you're kind of missing out. Like we're watching Andre the Giant, a Samoan and two Samoans and a and a, a murderer Jimmy and a murderer <laughs> <laughs> and a barefoot murderer. And uh, you know maybe not the best example, but like do you think that in twenty years from now, sorry, in thirty years from now, there's going to be a TV show that features the Usos as the uncle to somebody? You know what I mean? Like right, right. Like a, like things like that, like a young rock could not exist without this kind of wild era of men in this. You know, it's such a it's like the Wild West. Like we know it wasn't great as we're watching a murderer who got away with it because he was famous. Like the Wild West is so um, glamorized in TV shows and movies. But then, you know, like it was dark and dingy. But yes, I could watch this. And this is so glamorous to me and the exciting and uh, mythologized to watch this 80s five like wrestling events. And yeah, then you get a, a beyond the beyond the mat that comes out, and you kind of know like the, the things or the 2020 thing that came out, which was another major aspect of my life that like my parents made me watch that 2020 David Schultz. Right. They right. thought I was getting way too into wrestling. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so they were like, Nah, you got to check this out, Rocco. And then it just yeah, made me So did they ever
0: try and recalibrate you? Like, you know, she got you so into it, but did they ever try and like were that's, that's... they pissed at some point? Did they back you? Try and like say no wrestling ever? <laughs>
1: That was the one thing to go. Mm. Hey, just so you know, it's not like on the up and up. And that's like the craziest uh, thing in the world is the idea of this thing that we love that people just don't get. And I think, I think, I think when people say wrestling's fake and they go, "That's fake" or whatever, right? Like it's, and I hate to say, it, like, but it's like it seems like they just can't get it. They don't get that we get it's fake. You know, it's like people try to explain to you. It's like the only thing that you could watch and like, and people have no problem telling you it's shit. Like, like, oh, that's stupid. That's like, wait, I'm a real normal person with a job and like a wife and kids, but like you, you have no problem telling me the thing I'm talking about is fake or or whatever it is. But it's just like, people don't like to feel stupid. And the fact that they don't get it makes them feel stupid. So what do you do when you feel stupid? You lash out, you try to make someone else feel stupid. You try to, you know, whatever.
0: And I th- I think it is something that's probably hard to get into as an adult, like and I feel this way about sports, too, in a way not to not get into sports, but to get into sports teams like I feel like if you don't grab an identity as a fan with a team as a kid, it's real hard to become a diehard fan of a team when you're older, for better or worse.
1: Well, I think like, that's yeah, because like I always like, you know, growing up in New Jersey, we have a lot of options, right? Mm-hmm. But then like every once in a while like so it's like you got the giants and the jets that's great right i mean you could even go to philly if you want to be a piece of shit but you know every once in a while there's a dallas fan there's a lions fan it's like how does that happen but then you realize oh they were they watched football on a th- on a thanksgiving day when they were a kid yeah they liked a player they saw the uniform there was a cool thing they have a great moment and they went that's my team and it's as simple as that you just you know guys fighting each other in the stands it's like you saw a uniform when you were eight and you grabbed onto it and that's it
0: i mean that's how i became a jets fan my mom (laughs) bought me a jets jacket when i was like 12 that's it the worst fucking purchase of all time (laughs) um and yeah so i mean but case in point like growing up i was a diehard hornets fan and as that team got picked apart and sold and moved i i lost track and i have struggled since to like get into being a fan of a team at a diehard level in the NBA. Like I've tried all different teams and now I'm just a fan of the game. And so I think it's like, unless you are really, you know, I, and there's edge cases that outliers, but I think wrestling is the same way. Like I think unless you, on some level, if you didn't watch it as a kid and grow up with it, it I, I would have to think it's near impossible to get into later. And I'd saying you had to be like a diehard fan, right? Like, you know, I, I think, I think there are people that got more into it maybe now, but at least they, they probably watched it a little bit in the Attitude Era, right? Or in the 80s, they knew Hulk Hogan. Like, to me, if you grow up and had no ties to wrestling to then try to get into it, I gotta think there's there's probably not a ton of people like that out there. So I think that plays into what you're saying, where, like, if you didn't love it as a kid or at least watch it as a kid, it's hard to understand, like, the magic that was part of it that would keep bringing you back. And I think it's it's like a hit, right? I mean, it's like... Do you try to constantly re and sports is probably the same way, but you're trying to always cap- constantly recapture that high of how you felt watching WrestleMania 3, right? You know, or how, I felt watching WrestleMania 6, or as I felt going to my first live event, you know, or going to the Royal Rumble 94. Like you're constantly chasing that moment of this is why I love wrestling and this is why it's great and this is why I love sports because when my team wins a big game, the dopamine hit is huge, right? So it's like that's why. I think so many kids just stick with something like pro wrestling because of the memories as a kid were so strong and visceral, you're constantly chasing it.
1: And it's kind of evergreen. Like it's a lot right. of people have like you're not just going to watch a, the the 63rd game of the 1989 baseball season just because I mean, I you probably well, could. You, you probably, you Peter Whitson, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, it could probably be fun. But yeah, like there's a certain like if you're going to watch it now and get into it, you probably could get like you could probably get into it because they're so athletic and the costumes and the music and whatever. But like you're going to get bored. And most people I know as adults have gotten into it are like, oh, I like it. And then they realize it's not going anywhere. And that's the problem because there's no story to hook them. Like maybe if there was a really cool story like a savage fucking mm-hmm. and Andre Ho uh, Savage Warrior uh, Savage Hogan story. But those mm-hmm. don't happen anymore. So there's nothing to hook them. And they're watching the same matches over and over and over again. it's right. like, Boring. And people are, like, non-organically, like, over and stuff like that. And even when you talk about sports, though, too, like, I could see that. Because think about sports in the 80s and 90s where there, was, there were more characters. It was like uh-huh. wrestling. There was more. It was. They did the, what you're talking about, the WWF route, becoming just something that doesn't make sense anymore. I think baseball right. and football are like that now. Where there's very few guys that seem to stand out. Where back in the day, you had a goose gossage with a crazy uh-huh. mustache. You had guys, oil can Boyd. You had all these guys with crazy names and weird looks and knuckle, knuckleball pitchers and like you know just these crazy things and different well, things. I, I think
0: athletes have just gone it, like it's become so. Op- it's like anything, everything has become so optimized and efficient that you can't be a slob and like mm, be yes. a baseball player anymore because all John, the best John of the Crux best
1: does not exist anymore. Like yeah, know. or David
0: Wells, right? Yes, like yes. like now you like the best of the best are bred and built from such a young age and everything is so, you know, it's think of like Ivan Drago in Rocky four, right? Like it seemed crazy. He's on the treadmill with the computer hooked up and all the shit. Like that's what it is now. Like, that's it. Like, can so you imagine John
1: finished. Stockton in the NBA right now? No, you know? I mean, you you mean imagine probably- Danny, Danny Ainge or Kevin McCann, <laughs> like, you know, like these dudes were just kind of like, they were technical, but like, just not these super athletes who've been doing it. It's kind of like music, too, yeah. where you could teach, you could give your son a guitar right now and he will be a virtuoso by the time he's 17. But the guys who made music, the guys who created like, a, like, you know, I come from extreme metal music. These guys made a genre of music by listening to Deep Purple and Black Sabbath. And then they created what is heavy metal, like Metallica, like even like Slayer. These, these guys took classic rock and made a new genre. Kids today could learn all those songs, but they're, the soul is not there. You could learn everything. On, you could learn all the notes. But like the personality is not coming through anymore because you're just mimicking. Anyone could learn to play a style, but it's different to make your own style where it's the same thing with like how things now are just like, so if you don't fit into the cookie cutter, we'll make you fit into the cookie cutter or else you're not a part of the thing.
0: Yeah. And everything. So it's, it's really funny because it's like such a. A nerd's dream world these days, right? Like everything's at your fingertips. You can watch whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want it, et cetera, et cetera. But also, everything has become so clicked and politicized. And if you don't like what I like, you're an idiot. And this is the best in this moment. I mean, just look at it in football alone, right? Like, we're already defining this rookie class of quarterbacks after eight games. Like, when are we going to learn not to make definitive statements like games into things, into seasons, right? Or moments into a match or moments into a show. And everything has become such a hot take central that it's it's become out of control. And and it's just like. Well, even. even it should I'd... be the greatest time to be able to love what you want to love. But yeah, yet, everything is the available. It, yeah. time. But it's also become like the most miserable time because you have this open where you can find groups of fans that love the same thing there's also everyone else who's able to shit on everything you like constantly and then you just end up burying yourself in an echo chamber right and that's like the devolve devolving of like culture and human nature right now is because everyone is just in these echo chambers you're just repeating their beliefs the same people who believe their exact same beliefs and instead of having discussion and debate and conversation it says us versus you and that's it
1: and also like it's an anonymous thing where you know, there's people who I see talk about, like, I don't, I'm not on Twitter and I don't really read, like, try to read comment sections and stuff. But, like, there's grown men who I've listened to on podcasts and stuff like that who are talking about the the, the fans this. It's like, you are you know you're talking about a 14-year-old boy with a computer, right? <laughs> you know, like, you're, because the, the, the same voice is given to different people of, it doesn't matter how stupid or how much you know about something, you could get a login and an email and you could have a, a dumb opinion. And there's people with nothing going on in life that just want to be assholes, and it's tainting your your love. So back in the day, like you're right, you you would know about wrestling, and you would talk to people who loved wrestling. Now you talk to people about Robert if wrestling. you could find them.
0: Yeah, that's great because you can find them now. But then you can also are more exposed to the
1: the opposite. And you wonder why are you why are you watching this? It's my same thing when I talk about like I think about like a like the Meltzer kind of like critics are like, why do you watch wrestling? You gave Andre versus Hogan negative four stars. You don't watch wrestling for the same reasons I do. So why do you even bother if you're shitting on everything? Yeah. It's like watching. Well, I was going to say, too, like, even how do people find new stuff? Like, how do you find wrestling as a kid? Like, I don't know about your son if he watches like a terrestrial TV. I don't know if you have terrestrial TV. But like back in the day, you just turn on the TV and you'd watch the last 30 minutes of a movie and you'd go, holy shit, what the fuck was that? I have to find out what it is. You dig into it. By the time you were able to learn the name of the movie or find it out and look it up in TV Guide or ask a friend or you would talk about movies for three years before you knew the name of it. Right. Like, I, I saw this movie and it became mythalized. But now if you want to watch something, it's kind of like that thing where you try to watch a pay-per-view sometimes. And I'm like, why am I watching the opening match of fucking SummerSlam? Like, <laughs> you know, like, why don't, I just, yeah, why don't I just go to the good shit? But so it's like if you want to watch a movie, what's the most boring part of the movie? Like the first fucking five minutes are usually uh, OCD, like- man. So wrestling fans have OCD as a group for sure. It's like, a very
0: true statement. Yeah. You're going to watch it all. So let me ask you this before we wrap up. Sure. Do you ever think like if you weren't, or, and I guess you did have a, you had a, so I never had a stretch of not being a wrestling fan. Like the closest I really came was like freshman year of college, like the first half year. And even then I was still kind of watching it, but I wasn't like as, as in. Um, and then I would say, now is probably the least i watch consistently but i still watch a lot of old stuff um do you ever think to yourself though like if i never had become a wrestling fan like what would i do with all this time and like what would i be into like i think of that a lot like would i be super into movies and have seen a lot more movies would i be into music would i be more of a like, I'm already a pretty big sports fan, but would it be even more so, like, where I'd watch tons of games? Would I, like, I'm, I'm always curious, like, what that gap, how it would have been filled? Would it be prestige TV? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, what that whole in my life, and it's, it's a big piece, right? I mean, I know I'm probably in the higher end, but, like, I, I watch a lot. I think a lot. I write a lot. I do a lot of podcasts. So, like, what is all that time but the thing is is, you're using
1: it you're using it to create things which is impressive like a lot of people who have something they're obsessed with it's that's it you know you ever watch big fan with Patton oswald yes yeah like that's what most people do with their obsession you know they write out of like one day a week they have this phone call and that's all they do or they argue with their friends or they you know like sometimes it's scary to think what would the craziest sports fans do like people you know like nerds like, sports are fucking stupid, and, like, no, sports are the same thing as Marvel movies, motherfucker. Just get over it, like, just because you don't like them. But, like, what would the people, the fanatical Red Sox Yankees fans do without sports? It, right. it It's, like, you know, distracting the lion. Like, give it a big piece of meat, where else, where else is that rage gonna go? But It's like,
0: such a good movie, too, because I love the fact that Pat Oswald doesn't he, like, not know... Or at least at that point, like, he knew nothing about sports, right? Like, he was not a fan in any way.
1: He's kind of so like, he, like me, where he knows, like, about some old sports and, like, documentaries about sports. But, yeah, like, he is not a uh, diehard, right?
0: And he crushed that role, though. He was really good at that
1: role. Yeah, yeah but that's just, like, a desperate man. That's a fanaticism. Right. gone Like If you're a Star Wars fan, you're the same as that guy. You know what I mean? Because right. there's guys who, just like you're saying, go on the second there's a new trailer. This is stupid. This is the worst. You know, like, just shitting on the thing they love. The Giants, the giants suck. They're killing my life. But I'm going to watch every game
0: yeah but, it's such a love hate culture it's weird
1: yeah and but for you like guys like you like you you took this love and you create things you make people's lives better by your love of wrestling you know you made my life better like just by like you know i met new people i've knew like you know like you you know like i wouldn't know you like if it wasn't for your love of wrestling and since you kind of like just having your show at a point where i first found the ptbn was like i had lost the i worked at borders that went out of business i took a couple like part-time jobs that kind of sucked i worked at stop and shop by the way you're all uh you're old no, brother oh yeah. yeah brother <laughs> 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 same hole taco um yeah and uh, i was fucking not in a great place in my life and i found that show and it was like oh my god this is great and it, it you know, you that that was that made that little weird time where I was just trying to figure the fuck shit out, and I was probably partying a little too hard. And that's because you liked wrestling. So you might not think that it's a thing that like how would I spend this time, but there's got to be other people like me that have heard you and been like, wow, that's incredible. And like, you know, spend like I take the time to listen to your your podcasts when I'm like on my bike. Not when I'm I got like work. I have my work podcast where I just kind of listen to them because I'm at work. Like I like I I listen to you guys and it's like a very important thing in my life. So you can it's take wild that. to think about,
0: and I appreciate it. Um, and, and it's like you know, I, I, look, I, I got like all kinds of friends from all different walks of life and everything else, and I'm lucky to have them. But I like I think I've made the most friends I've ever made over like the last ten years, like just through this, right? Just from, and this is the positive of something like the internet is bringing us together and, and your oh, fandom too right yes the fandom and the internet bringing us close together and able to forge relationships and it's funny like how foreign it is like even to like my parents right they're like now how'd you meet this guy Or you know like because i become friends like they come to my parties they come to my house and they're like you know this guy uh
1: you know, like, yeah how do you like this guy? when it like, gets to the point where like i've you know we've only talked a few times but i consider you my friend and like when i have to tell i talk to my wife about you she's like you don't have to say the guy from the podcast i know who jt is now <laughs> like you know like and it's just it's it's but just think of that—it's like so many years ago. Yeah, it, it is crazy. a cool thing about the internet and wrestling that did it, you know.
0: Well, it's funny because so the first time I met Chad was at WrestleMania 29, and we had we had been talking a lot in like maybe five months up leading up to that, and it was a last-minute decision to him to come to the show, and I'm like, all right, just come up. I'm like, you can stay with me in my room, my hotel room, and drive back with me to Rhode Island, and I'll bring you to the airport. You can fly from Rhode Island. Like as we're piecing this whole thing together. And my dad, you know, my daughter was like a newborn. She, well, she was like a year old. And my dad was watching her. So I get home and I have, have Chad with me. And like, I'm trying to think of like, what's my cover story as to why I'm bringing this guy in my house from Georgia that I had only known for five months around my newborn daughter. Like, it's so crazy. But I think just for us, it's just more natural because we, again, we grew up, or at least I did, uh, you know, with the internet bringing us closer together. Like, I've been online since like. You know 96 like in the these types of communities. so to me it wasn't that crazy but to him i think we lied and said it was like my you know my friend andy's college roommate or something <laughs> and like it was like some outlandish fucking story and uh, that i probably didn't need to tell but i felt like maybe i had to have something in the holster but uh it's just crazy to think he like, thought, that, he, them, he thought that was
1: your jesse pinkman right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's my chemist dad. yeah i almost went to that 29 to meet you guys but i chickened out
0: oh what the fuck you should have went
1: yeah well it took me seven more years to even contact
0: you guys and 35 you didn't do yeah yeah, I, yeah. Mm. you're not wrong <laughs> next time yes All right. look this was a lot of fun Rocco I had a blast uh, doing the show we're up against uh, my personal uh, cutoff point uh, of an hour so we, which I knew we would be and uh, good timing that Andre and just ended um this is a fun... Oh, is this the one where he gets all ripped open right here? With him and S. C. Jones? Is that this one?
1: Oh, There's, that's right, right? Doesn't he get
0: a... Oh, no, this is the haircut. This is out of Patera. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the haircut. What's the one with... Is that with Piper when he gets... Remember, he gets, like, sliced... He's just, like, a six-man or something. And he comes back with the bandage on his head. I think it's on this tape. It might be, like, the last match on the tape. Yeah, it's, like, an odd odd time for a blade job, or maybe it was an accident. I think it's MSG. I think he gets cut open... And then he comes back later in the match, and his head is all taped and bloody, like, all over the band-aid and stuff, bandage. Um, but anyway, this, this was a ton of fun. Thank you for joining me on my maiden voyage. I definitely will have you back, and I'm looking forward to bringing in all sorts of guests here. And I want to thank everyone that listens to North-South Connection. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the shows. You know all the detail if you're listening. We have tons of evergreen content dropping almost every day. Uh, subscribe, rate us, review us. It's appreciated. Love all the feedback. Uh, Rocco, anything you want to hit before we
1: go? Uh, I guess if you want to listen to uh, my band, you can find uh, Chained to the Dead at uh, iTunes or Apple Music, whatever it's called, Amazon Music, Spotify, uh, Bandcamp, which is a place for independent music. And uh, yeah, you can stream it and listen to it. And uh, as JT says, rate and review this and uh, all the podcasts on the place to be. Or not this, my band.
0: Yeah, yeah. Love it. All of it. We love it all. yeah All right, my friend, thank you. This has been Behind the Connection. I'm JT. We'll talk <laughs> to you soon. Take care. Oh, yes, You've been connected. I make college jump open. Girls get neck and Bring Pocket for the You know me. I'm low key. I'm smoking like a Sony. There is no way you can see me like Stevie. Wonder how I'm living dick. Oh, I'm living me It's the bad boy 93, we coming through. Can't get with the flavor, dude. It's the one and one and two. Then you want the mission. and you think I'm crazy. Super cat, Dally, dally, dilly, my baby. You crazy? Nah, nah. Who's said? Pump daddy hot. Like Jukebox Funk and with my props. I think the funky We remix. sketch my man remix. It's the block that they get on your radio. It's the bad boy, making bad noise. 93, to act like you know. so what you say, what you say? I love it when you call me Big pop but the show stops, but the rhyme dropper, super cat past the clock, uh, I see you shivering, check the flavor, biggie Smalls is delivering, lyrical lyrics, is blowing lyrics out my larynx, trumpy competitor, with the kick, the jump in the chest, yes, it's bad boy, right. on to the core, I me take it no more,